Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael, and today we're going to be talking about a question I get asked all the time, and this is how to stop translating in your head. So, when you're speaking English, how do you stop translating from your native language into English? I think it's a problem that every language learner faces at some point, and for many people, it is a problem for quite a long time. So, I want to share my Thoughts and opinions on this in just a minute. I think it's going to be a really interesting topic, and I hope you enjoy it. And I do want to say a quick, let's say, disclaimer, a quick warning. Warning? Maybe that's too strong. A note. Let's say a note that if you're watching the YouTube version of this podcast, then I might look very tired. I've got very red eyes. I probably look horrible today. So please ignore that. But yeah, if you don't know, if you are listening on audio, you can also listen on YouTube. If you go to Level Up English podcast on YouTube, that is an option as well. But it's pretty much the same, so whatever you like. But if you are watching me right now, then please excuse my tired eyes. I am on a very uncomfortable bed at the moment, and it's making me wake up very sleepy. But I feel okay. But my eyes just look horrible. <laughs> I do have a lot of exciting updates and news coming up on Level Up English. I'm working every single day, apart from Saturday, you know, six days a week, on Level Up English, adding new content, updating the website. I'm working at the moment trying to make it a little bit easier to navigate. I've got a lot of good things going on over there. And remember, it also is where you can find the transcripts for these podcast episodes. So if you struggle. Following along with what I'm saying, then I think these could help you because you can read what I'm saying while I'm saying it. And we've got many other courses over there as well. And if you're not sure about it, I advise you, I recommend you to check out the free lessons I have available. So if you click the link in the podcast show notes, that will take you to my website. It will take you to the very bottom of my website. And if you click that button. It will send you an email with five free lessons from Level Up English. So check that out if you want to. Remember, just check the link in the description. That is the easiest way. Also, in a few weeks' time, I'm also planning to talk about this topic of fast English or slow English, and talk a bit about my speaking speed as well. I've got a whole episode on this coming up. So stay tuned. In a few weeks, make sure you're subscribed. And hopefully that will be a good one for some of you out there. But okay, let's get into the topic, which again was translating in your head. So many people find this such a big hurdle, a big difficulty to jump over and overcome. And it's just you're trying to talk English, right? But you're finding it so slow and so difficult because in your head you're translating everything from your native language. And it can be really, really annoying when this happens. The biggest reason it's annoying is just because you're so slow, right? You're trying to talk, but you're going um ah,、uh, and trying to translate word for word, 
and it makes everything so much more difficult. And I want to talk about some reasons as to why this might be happening and tips on how you can overcome this today. I should say though, for beginners, it is totally natural to translate in your head. It's almost unavoidable because when you're learning new words, you know, how can you learn them without knowing them in your own language? You know, at some point you can learn the word dog and look at a picture of a dog, right? For simple words, it's possible, but then when you get to more abstract words like beauty or philosophy, intelligence, or these more abstract kind of feelings and things, then it's very, very hard. You have to really translate them into your own language. So it's not wrong to translate. I want to make that clear. But if you're listening to my podcast, then probably you're a little bit more advanced and you are looking to move away from translating and speak more spontaneously, which means speak more well, without thinking, without planning, just speaking naturally on the spot. But yeah, one thing I was thinking about is, well, perhaps, you know, I'm wondering that it might depend on the language you're learning and your native language as well. I suspect that it's easier to avoid translating when the language you are learning is very different from your native language. So if you are a Spanish speaker learning English, it's probably quite hard to avoid translating, maybe. But if you are learning a language, let's say my case, I'm English, I'm learning Japanese. They're very different languages, right? And there are some things, there's many things that just don't translate. You know, often when you're learning a new word in Japanese, you have to look at a combination of about five English words. And it's not a direct translation, but it's like these five words combined gives you the meaning of the Japanese word. And it's really confusing, but I think on the plus side, it's impossible to translate because there's no translation that's really appropriate. It's just an interesting thing, right? So maybe if your language is very different from English, this might be a benefit for you. But let me know if you agree. This is just my idea. You know, I haven't learnt many simple languages, so let me know what you think. Okay, let's get into some advice now. So my first tip is one that I have mentioned time and time again on this podcast, and there's good reason for that, because it's so important. And this is collocations. This is a more kind of grammatical kind of word, but collocation basically just means like a phrase, a group of words together. And this is how languages are spoken. You might hear from the way I'm talking that I don't talk, I don't say every word with the same rhythm. I don't say, how are you today? My name is Michael. Now, if you listen very carefully, you will hear I'm talking in groups of words. So for example, today I'm thinking about going to the park. And when I get to the park, I'm going to do this. So I'm kind of talking in clauses here, which are like mini sentences, right? And another great example of collocations, and you can ask almost any native speaker, is to finish your sentence. If you start a sentence, very often a native speaker will know how it finishes. So I could say, what's the weather looking? And then you might know 
the next word should be like. What's the weather looking like today? Right? And this is not an idiom or anything, it's just a collocation. It's a phrase, a group of words we often use together. Another example you might hear a lot in England is, I'm just going to pop... Pop where? But a native speaker might know that you're going to say, I'm just going to pop to the loo. Or maybe, I'm just going to pop out for a bit. It's not always the same, it's something similar. But when you say pop, you know, pop is that sound. Sorry if that was too loud. But it doesn't mean anything in this sentence, but we know you're going to say pop out or pop to somewhere. It's part of that collocation. And it's the same in Japanese for me as well. I used to really struggle with this when I was learning Japanese verb conjugations and things like that. For example, if you, I mean, this may not mean much to many of you, but in Japanese, if you want to say, I haven't been somewhere, it's like, past tense plus koto ga arimasen. And it's quite long, right? So when I was a beginner, I would say, in English, it's, I haven't been there. In Japanese, I would say before, itta koto ga arimasen. I'd have to think about every single word I was saying, but now it's just a sound. You know, I don't think of it as individual words or particles. I think of it as one phrase, one long word, right? So, ah, itta koto ga arimasen. Itta koto ga arimasen. And I can say it much more quickly as well because I don't have to think about what comes next. So I know this works because I have tried it myself and I know it works in English as well. So as much as possible, try to learn in collocations. I have a whole episode about this in the past that I think can be helpful. I'll make sure to link to that in the description. I forgot what episode it was now, but one of the early ones. But basically, do a lot of listening, do a lot of speaking, a lot of reading, and notice the phrases that people use and really focus on these phrases. It's much harder to translate when you are using collocations. And it's also going to speed up your English and mean that you don't even need to translate because you'll be speaking at quite a fast pace anyway. The second tip I have is one that I alluded to before, I mentioned before briefly, and this is thinking about concepts. So thinking about ideas rather than think about dog means dog in your language, you know, whatever that is. Think about the concept, the idea of a dog. And I said it does get harder with abstract terms, but it's still possible. You can still do it with many different words. Again, not everything, but many things you can because you may not be able to know the meaning of the word through a concept, but you can perhaps have some connection to the word. A good example are like feelings. Like if you think of the word disgust, if something's disgusting, you go, ugh, ugh, disgusting, right? And it's not really possible to show disgust so easily, but the best way is to show it in your face, right? So my advice is when you're learning a word like disgust, first of all, think of something disgusting. Think of like some rotten food and you go, ugh, and then make that face too, like, you're learning the word disgust and you're going, ugh, ah, disgust. I feel disgust. So if you really get into the mindset of the word you're learning, it becomes much more, much easier to remember, right? Because you're associating the English word with 
the feeling, with your bodily reaction, with your memories, whatever it is. You know, another one, if you were learning the word exciting, exciting, think back to a memory of a time when you went to a theme park, a play park with your friends as a child, and you'll have all those happy memories, you have a big kind of excited smile in your mind from when you were younger, and you will connect those together. So it will just be much, much easier to remember these words and help you avoid translating as well. I do think that translating a whole sentence isn't so much of a problem, because I don't think that's what people struggle with when they are talking. The big problem is when you're translating things word for word. That's what slows you down, right, and makes you less fluent. But I mean, I translate sentences all the time. If I have a, say, a Japanese sentence, I want to try to translate it to English, I will translate it, write it in English, or vice versa, write in Japanese, but I'm not thinking about word for word, I'm just thinking about the meaning of the whole sentence. So you don't have to worry about each word as long as you get the, the meaning of the whole thing. Does that make sense? I hope so, that's just something I was thinking about. I've got one more tip now and then a bonus tip to finish, you know I like my bonus tips, but the last tip is a common one, this is immersion. It always comes down to immersion, doesn't it? Immersion is when you're just being completely surrounded by the language. Everything you're doing, as much as possible, is in English. You're listening, you're speaking, you're reading, writing, all the time in English, as much as you can. And this immersion is really going to help. Another way you can do this is self-narration as well, which is when you're just talking about what you're doing, you're talking to yourself in English. Things like this are really, really good practice to get over that translating problem. Because you might be doing all the other things on my advice list, but if you're not actually speaking, there's no time for you to practice, you know, practice what we're learning, practice these tips, right? You have to practice in order to get over that obstacle, that hurdle. So get as much input as you can. Lots of reading, lots of listening. If you're on this podcast, that is a good start already. You're doing really well. And that will help you think more like a native speaker, right? You'll see the way I'm talking, the awkward things I'm saying, the rhythm at which I'm talking, and it will just help you understand how to say certain things. And the more actively you listen, the better as well. If you're really paying attention, you can notice, oh, interesting, Michael's voice went up then. Michael's voice went down then. Hmm, I wonder why he did that. And it helps you kind of get that intonation for yourself as well, which is really useful. I think another way this immersion is useful is because you learn what phrases we use in different situations. Like you might learn in a textbook to say, you are welcome. Ah, oh, thank you. You are welcome. You know, that is correct, but no one says that. You know, we might say you're welcome. But even so, even that we don't say very often in the UK. Usually, if you say thank you, you might respond with no problem, or no worries, or, it's all right, you know, something like that. Your welcome can even be a bit too formal for many situations, I would say. And of course, you don't know this until you do listening. So that's another side thing as well. Another one I thought of in Japanese, for example, Again, this won't have much meaning to some of you, but at least it's showing you that 
we're in the same boat, right? You and I, we're in the same position. I'm not teaching you from up here. I'm teaching you from an, an, an equal place, right? That's my idea anyway. But one example in Japanese, when you finish your work at the end of a busy day, they might say, Otsukare-sama, otsukare-sama deshita, something like that. And I don't really know what this means. I don't know. If you ask me to translate it to English, I have really no idea what to say. I think it's usually translated as thank you for your hard work or something like that. But it really doesn't mean that. It's got a totally different translation. And the only reason I know how to use this and kind of what context is because I've had a lot of input, right? I've been around people who use it. I've seen it in movies and things like that. Another example, often when you meet someone in Japan, you'll say, Yoroshiku which is like a kind of nice greeting, but it's often translated in English as, please be kind to me. And that sounds really weird in English, doesn't it? No one says that. But in Japanese, it's just kind of like a polite term to use. Again, I can't translate it to English, but I know the feeling it gives people when you use it based on how I've seen people use it. So I hope that gives you some ideas about how you can translate, no pun intended, translate these ideas into English as well. You know, transfer maybe is a better word. Okay, I promised one final tip before, which I think really is the ender to any advice list I give. And this is patience. Have some patience. It's always so important to have some patience. Of course, I think it goes for anything in life. Patience is going to help you immensely, hugely, in a large way, in whatever you do. Have some patience. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in the private episode this week. So if you are a member at Level Up English, you know we get private episodes every Friday. So this Friday, I'm going to talk a little bit more on the topic of patience and how you can develop some patience to benefit your English learning journey. Got some good ideas around that. But yeah, of course, if you're patient, then the whole process is just going to be a lot easier, right? Right. At the end of today's podcast, I've got a few things I'd like to talk about. I've got a few important things. I'm going to talk about some reviews, first of all. But then if you do stick around for after the reviews, I would appreciate it. It'd be nice. You don't have to. But I've got a quote to share with you and some other stuff that's going on with me and some updates for the podcast, some big updates, potential updates. I want your advice if that's possible. So we'll come back to that in a minute. I just want to say a quick thank you to two people today. As I have said previously, I'm a little bit behind on the podcast reviews. So people who are leaving a review, you might be hearing me read them out like two months later, right? So I hope you're still listening. This is a test to see if you are still listening. But if you do leave a review and you want me to read it out, you have to be a bit patient, but I will do my best to get to all of them. The first one we've got today is from Gala. I think I got that right. That doesn't look too hard. Gala. And Gala says, Hello, Michael. I'm from Saudi Arabia. I just want to let you know that your podcast is extremely useful. Like I have been listening for two weeks and my listening skills got much better. Just to be honest with you, at the beginning, I was a little bit scared because of the British accent. 
I was afraid that I wouldn't understand it. But I realised how easy it is. Thank you for all your hard work and keep going. That's amazing to hear. Thank you for that review. I'm glad my accent isn't too hard for you. I guess there, there are many accents in the UK. If you listen to my friend, teacher Ken, Ajahn Ken, we had on a previous episode, he's from Scotland. It's still a British accent, right? And that's a little bit harder for many people, but see how that goes for you too. But I'm glad you can understand me. Another one here from... Their name is very long, but Ong Ting Tun U Nine Win. I must have got one of them, right? Right. <laughs> I gave it a go. I, I tried your name. But okay, one of my friends shared your podcast, and I have been listening to yours almost every day. It helps me learn something, and it means a lot to me. Thank you. I'm from Myanmar, but I'm currently in China. That's amazing. Thank you so much for the review. Very kind of you. Um, I don't think it was on the podcast, but if you're from Myanmar, you might like to see I've got a video on my YouTube channel, which is just called Level Up English, where I spoke to my friend from Myanmar. We spoke in the park, in a beautiful park, and I interviewed her about moving from Myanmar to the UK. Um, could be interesting for you if you want to see perspective from someone from your own country. Okay, thank you for the reviews. As always, this is on Apple Podcasts. Very kind of you. And yeah, the thing I've been thinking about recently that I wanted to quickly mention, I imagine that the true fans are still listening, right? If, if you're not a true fan, maybe you've given up by now. But if you really enjoy the podcast, you're still here. So I can share it with you guys. But I'm considering different things about the future of this podcast. And one thing I'm considering is potentially increasing the... Uh, frequency of podcasts. I know people have asked for this before. I had one idea was to do two podcasts a week. I've been doing the podcast now, what, for almost four years, right? It's coming up to four years. And it's been one a week for four years. And I wonder if I can increase it to two a week. Let me know your feedback on that, guys, and whether you would like that or not. Maybe one is enough for you. That's fine. Another idea I had was to um, have one a week as normal, but make it longer. I think personally, I prefer the two a week. It seems better to me than, than one long one. I don't know why. Maybe because it's hard to talk too long about one topic, I suppose. And one thing I'm thinking of doing is I find the podcast is just my favourite thing to do. I really enjoy doing it. And I also really enjoy my YouTube channel, but my YouTube channel is just much less popular. You know, I love the videos I make over there, but I'm thinking about perhaps still continuing them, but perhaps making them a little bit more casual, you know, not spending so much time editing and filming and all that stuff and taking the energy from my YouTube channel and putting it into this podcast. You know, it's not giving up the YouTube necessarily, but that was my idea. So I'm still thinking about things, but let me know what you think. Let me know what I should do. But keep in mind that if you're listening to this in the future, this probably won't make sense anymore. You know, I will have already made a decision and you will have perhaps already found out about it. But if you have any ideas or feedback for the podcast, I always, always appreciate it. You can leave a comment on the website or email me 
which is very simple. It's info, like information, info at ewmichael.com. That's EW for English with Michael, ewmichael.com. Send me your feedback there. That would be so kind of you. Okay, enough rambling from me. Let's finish today with a quote. Some of you will know every Friday I post a picture to my Instagram page along with a quote that inspires me and hopefully it inspires you as well. So the quote, well, the picture this week was one of me. It was me in Sarajevo in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, There's a beautiful city behind me with the clouds and the sun. I like this photo, but I don't know if I can say that because it's me. But anyway, the quote is not really related. It's from Oprah Winfrey, who says, Step out of the history that is holding you back. Step into the new story you are willing to create. Have a think about that one let it inspire you. But thank you for listening for now and I'll see you either on Friday or next week on the podcast on Wednesday. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.